0: Welcome back to the official Jets podcast presented by Amazon Web Services. Here in the BetMGM Casino studio, Ethan Greenberg, Eric Allen, joined by Wayne Crebet. Wayne, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. Listen, I, I got to ask
2: this to you right now, right off the bat. I was thinking about this. Every time you come back and you go out there in the field house and you see yourself hanging a monster image of you and all the Ring of Honor inductees of this organization that's been around since 1960. Do you take a look at it just for a second, and does it make you reflect? It's (laughs) funny
1: you say that because I actually took a picture of it today when I was at practice, just so I could show my kids. But, uh, yeah, I was talking to Christopher Johnson at practice, and I'm just like, I come here and I just feel so happy seeing that. And, you know, I thank him for making me part of the organization, so they'll put me in a ring honor, the all-time team, so, yeah, it's still kind of dreamlike, you know?
0: What a, What was the first – we've talked before. I mean, I remember reading the story that we did together on NewYorkJets.com, and I feel like there's a thousand different things we could talk to you about, but one of my favorite things that, that you told me, when you signed with the Jets, you – Obviously, still lived in the dorm and just walked to practice yeah. every day. Like, is how weird was that?
1: It was really weird, but uh, it was kind of an advantage because Sarah was kind of homesick, coming from all over the country. But uh, my wife, who's my wife now, was a year behind me. So I just stayed in the dorms. So I'd go to practice. I still had my backpack from class on, my hat low, and like just kind of blended in. Like, I didn't have a care in the world. I had nothing to lose. You know what I mean? So um, it definitely helped me out.
2: But you were attending practices when you were a student there? Obviously an an accomplished receiver at Hofstra, but would you go across the street and attend training camp practices before you went and got a tryout with the Jets?
1: I had seen it. I didn't think much of it that I'd be out there someday. But um, it was a a nice thing to have there, Um, especially once I started playing. You know, I knew everybody there. You know, I was the local guy. But, um... I miss those days. I miss it being in Long Island. Do you? you? Know? Yeah, just uh, our Long so Island
2: fans are gonna love hearing about that. Yeah, I hear because
1: from, you you grew up in Jersey. You live in Jersey, but you miss it right. being out there. Yeah, just a lot of good memories. I mean, w- when I played, I wished the facility was here though, because it's like forty five minutes, yeah. and I could have lived home. But that's right. I enjoyed my time in Long Island.
0: So. Can you take us and whoever's listening, whether it be video or audio, whatever, when you were when you found out that you were coined the godfather by Julian Edelman and Danny Amendola, like where were you? What happened and do you almost feel like that's a rite of passage now? No.
1: I actually um we got in touch with Amendola. Um just I had been in finance and I was just helping some of the younger guys get adjusted to life in the league and what comes after the league. And I said, if you're ever in town, we'll go out to eat. And he said, um, I'm going to be in town. I said, we'll go out, get some good chicken parm in uh, New York. <laughs> and uh, he's like, do you mind if I bring somebody? I'm like, sure. He's like, I'm going to bring uh, Edelman. I'm like, oh, it's great. So we're just talking, had a great dinner, and they're like, you know, we don't call you Wayne, we call you the godfather. The godfather of slap. slot. That's I'm like, right. that's, I appreciate that. And they're just talking about how they used to watch my film, and Amendola had a poster of me and his – in his bedroom, and I appreciate. It. I was humbled by it because those guys are great, and they certainly uh, carried the torch, you know, for the slot receivers. But um, just to know I was part of the beginning, and that is great. And uh, I don't know. It's, it's it's just a weird experience <laughs> to be thought of that way. But well,
2: what's it, what's it like being in the city? You three guys at a table. Our folks like oh, yeah, you wouldn't it, see that. <laughs> it, it, it is is that is that Wayne, Wayne Corbett? And yeah. then they're like, oh, the, there's the guy with the beard. Is that that old man? Yeah. And that, yeah, it was true.
1: Did people pop uh, pop in uh, nah, on you? Yeah, but it was weird because we um all posted a picture of the three of us and it said, uh, "Amadillo put across the middle till we die." <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag the Godfather. And uh, <laughs> but um, it just you know I've never really met those guys before, but the mm-hmm. the, the respect was mutual. So um, I yeah. don't
2: want to give Edelman too much love. Obviously, uh, everybody else can do that. But uh, what do you appreciate about his game?
1: Ah, he's just a tough guy. Yeah, he's uh, he does it right, you know, and he's been doing it for a long time, and they still haven't figured him out, which is great. He keep keeps adjusting. I mean, it's nice to have a quarterback like that <laughs> <laughs> for your whole career that believes in you. But, um, hey, he won some Super Bowls. He's done well for himself. So, the question is, you know, is he getting near Hall of Fame status? And I think, you know, that's another year or two like that. You know, winning Super Bowls, he's got a chance.
0: What does it mean to you to be recognized as the godfather from two guys that are very successful in the slot and almost, you know, feel like you're almost a trendsetter because you were the slot receiver before the slot receiver made it big?
1: Yeah. Yeah. no, nah, it's great. I don't to be arrogant, but they really didn't have that when I started. Now they drafting guys just to be in the slot. But when I started doing that on third downs and stuff, people were like, oh, you're best third down receiver, this and that. And I was offended by it. I was like, oh, I catch the ball on first and second until right. too. I'm not like some sub that comes on a third down. <laughs> and my dad was talking to me about it. And I sa- he said, if I'm going to be, you know, coin that phrase, be the- I'm going to be the best there ever was at it. And I kind of embraced it, and from the fans, the third down thing, and um, just kind of carried through my whole career. I know majority of my catches were third or first down conversions. That's right. It just kind of happened that 580
2: way. Five hundred eighty career receptions, and, and, um, and uh, definitely over three hundred on third on third down. Yeah. Now, now, you said they didn't really play offense like that. Who do you credit for changing that? Dan Henning was it? Parcells. Right. When you go back to what you guys did in that transformation where it was like, hey, Jets are going to play different offensive football, and they're going to use the receiver a lot differently than what we've seen.
1: Yeah, when Henning came in, he did a great job, and Charlie Weiss was there. But um, they just put you in the best position to succeed where your strengths were. So they just kept me in there, and, um, you know, I did my thing on the inside. The other guys did their things on the outside, and it just was perfect chemistry um, like I said, everybody was doing their strength, but it was just, uh, some good years with those guys.
2: Did you have to ask the coaching staff at the time, because we all now know now about option routes, right? Right. You know, you can go this way if they're sitting here, if leverage here and things like that. Did you have to convince the coaching staff
1: for more freedom? No, no. And the great thing was like when Vinny came in and I had the option routes, I could go left, I could go right, I could stop, um... Just by the pre-snap read, I could look at Vinny, he'd look at me, and he'd know what I'm doing because, he obviously, he has to be ready to throw the ball. But we just kind of had that, like, special, you know, you know, bond, I guess you could say, unspoken bond that, you know, he knew what I was doing. And uh, we had a lot of success doing that, a lot how, of success over the years.
0: How rare is that what you just described, that unspoken bond? Because you see a lot of the, the very good quarterbacks and very good receivers have that bond. Yeah. But – how rare of a thing is that to know pre-snap, no communication? Right. Yeah, I know Wayne's gonna break this way, and if this guy sits here, I can fire it there.
1: That's just repetition, you know, not just in practice, after practice, going over, going over. Like, you know, not the short routes, but when I'd have to run seam routes and stuff like that, poster flag, and you know, I have a deep route, and I know I'm primary guy. I would look at Vinny, he would look at me, and we'd be like, "You see what I see? <laughs> I'm like, this is this is gonna work." <laughs> so we would know pre-snap, like, you know. If it was gonna be a successful play, you know, he if he could just put it on me, I was gonna catch it. But um, that's the kind of stuff I miss—little things like that. Yeah. You know, little relationships you have with all your teammates. I feel
0: like, uh, sorry, I just feel like it's one of those things where when your buddy's across the room and you both see something that's really funny and you look at each other, you just start cracking up. Right. I feel like that's the football equivalent.
1: Yeah. It's just like, you know, you look and it—it's exactly what it is. And we were best friends on the on the field, off the field. And uh, I always said, what would my career look like and what would the Jets organization look like if he was played for the Jets the majority of his career? He was only here a handful of years. Right. And I think if we had him longer and we had Bill longer and kept that you know core piece together, there's no reason we couldn't have won a Super Bowl or two. What do you think
2: most about when 98 is brought up? Just the word 98.
1: Right. Um it's tough to know we were that close, cause I knew whoever won the um, the game with the Broncos was going to win the Super Bowl. We already killed the, the Falcons. Yep. Um, but it's it's interesting. People always I assumed we were up ten nothing at the half. Stupid story. I would bet my house on that we're up 10 nothing half. And someone showed me we're only up 3 nothing at the half. But then we went up 10 nothing. and I was like, wow. <laughs> See, I guess I don't remember the, the the game that great, but we were essentially 30 minutes away from winning a Super Bowl, I felt. Right. And 99, I'm like, we're going right back. And Vinny tears his Achilles first game. Game one. And I broke my foot in the last preseason game. So we're throwing Sunday games. We both got our legs up, ice on them. And we're sitting there watching the game on TV in his house, and we're like, this was not how it was supposed to be in 99. So and we never really got close after that. What did you like most
2: about Vinny, um, and what do people not know about him? Because you mentioned how good of a man he is. He's a gentleman, a good husband, a great father. He was so well-liked inside the locker room. One of the strongest dudes I've ever been around. I remember back at Hofstra him doing all the things, taking care of his body, having a low body fat, but, uh, his personality, guys just gravitated towards
1: him. Yeah. Yeah. Pound for pound. He's one of the strongest guys, but, um, yeah, he led by example, you know, he didn't get in your face, but you knew, you know, you better be listening when he's talking in the huddle. No one, no one else is talking, but, um, yeah, he's been a great friend. He's been like a, you know, big brother kind of figure, um, Ten years older than me, and his family's been great. Like I knew, we we met them when he signed. I guess we were on like the Intrepid. They had something going on in the Intrepid. I met him, met his wife, his young kids, and um, they from from day one it was like that. And then the first time we got on the field together, I was like, oh, this is going to be good.
0: What a you you had said that. Sorry to bring him up again. Edelman and a. <laughs> Yeah both watch your film, but being the Godfather. Was there anybody that you watched film of that you – or did you feel like you almost carved your own role without looking at anybody in particular saying, I like what that guy does, but I want to do a little more?
1: Right. Well, I mean, they are watching game film. I never had a chance to watch game film, but, you know, I was a big football fan. I loved watching guys like Jerry Rice, obviously. Mm-hmm. But guys I really took notice was like uh, Andre Reed yeah. from Buffalo. Guys who like, did that kind of stuff. Played on the outside – inside and outside. But uh, seeing him – because, you know, the Jets play him twice a year. Um, He's just one of the guys, Largent and him, the guys I kind of try to, you know, do the same thing they did, you know, mimic their game.
2: Steve Largent, Seattle Seahawks. Yeah, they asked me.
1: That's a guy who goes under the radar. Yeah. When we think about history. They asked me, because I was number three in training camp. I don't know if anybody knows that. Yep, yep. So everybody thought I was a kicker, (laughs) you know. But um, when it was time, the last preseason game, Clay was like, "What number do you want if you make the team?" And he told me it was available. I was like, "Oh, I want eighty if it's available." So the next day I came in and instead of the three Kerbet, it said eighty Kerbet, and I was like, "You know, still didn't know if I made the team, but I'm like, they gave me the number." I was like, <laughs> "This must be a good sign." So I called my uh, my parents. I'm, uh, you know, I'm like, uh, "She's like, did you make it?" I'm like, "I don't know." They're like, "Ask somebody." I'm like, "I'm not asking anybody." So I was like, I'm, I said, I'm just going to go to the meeting. If they say I can stay, I'm fine. Yeah. So uh, that was it. Seeing the 80 Corvette up there, I knew that I had made it.
2: Speaking of that, well, why don't you retell the story? Because I know a lot of our listeners who are out there, a lot of young folks definitely who probably are not familiar with this. In your own words, what happened the day when you come over across the street from Hostra or you're reporting for practice or tryouts in the spring at that time i believe and uh you're stopped at the security gate
0: what's yeah, the background here
1: no nah, yeah same thing coming from class backpack on hat low and um you know that that gate that had opened and the guy there harry fisher never forget it he was like 80 years old funny guy just wouldn't let me in and I'm like, man, I got to go to practice. He's like, no, autographs. So I'm like, I'm a player. I said, I got to go to practice. And he's giving me a hard time. Did Finally, you get hot at all? No. I'm just that, It was hysterical. I'm like, <laughs> really? And then someone waved me in. And I was like, so me and Harry laughed about it forever. Yeah. Um, he was a great guy. I know he passed recently. But um, that was my first experience trying to be an NFL player was getting denied at the gate. And was that
2: in the spring? That was
1: uh, minicamp, yeah. Yep.
2: Yeah. And later on, one of your uh, old head coaches, Herm Edwards, is now, of course, uh, the head coach at Arizona State. He famously got locked out. His gate code wouldn't work at Hofstra. So he scaled the gate to yeah. get in because Herm famously used to work out every morning. He probably still does. God bless him out in Tempe, four thirty every morning. Yeah, he,
1: first guy there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He do his running, do his drills, do get his treadmill, lifting a little bit. And I saw one of the shows they were showing on the Arizona State football, and I think they showed him doing the same thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, I saw that too. Actually, yeah. Uh, can you tell the story you told me once last year? about your workout at Hofstra and I, I believe you were between there's some weird correlation you you were either going to be with the Jets or one of was it the Bengals or something? It
1: was the Bengals and the Saints or Jets for free agency. Right.
0: And so what can you just tell us the that whole story and how you ended up in green and white?
1: Um, you know, I had worked out for a couple teams. Um tryouts we, you know, they had a good couple of scouts there. the Canadian
2: League was looking at you too right yeah I went up there
1: <laughs> for a, uh, a workout just to try to get looks and um so when the draft went on the first day obviously I'm not getting drafted but the Saints and the Bengals said maybe they'd pick me up in the later rounds so um one of the guys name was John Griffin yes. from the uh, from the Bengals so I meant sorry John um Garrett, Garrett. yeah um, uh, Jason. Jason Garrett's brother yeah. So when I came in the house, you know, I didn't get drafted. I was upset. And then uh, my mom, I get in the house. My mom was like, John Griffin's on the phone. I'm like, "Me mean John Gary? i like, no, John Griffin. I'm like, who's John Griffin? John Griffin is like, you know, from the Jets. We want you to come in, um, you know, and do a workout for us. I was like, the Jets never showed much interest. Right. And then I went in. I thought I was going to sign a contract. They're like, no, you got to work out. So they threw me like 100 passes. I didn't drop one. And, um, they brought me in and they still didn't know if they're going to sign me. I'm like, there's nothing else I could do more to get signed by them. So then they called me and my agent. They said, we want to sign your free agent contract. And, um, my agents lied. He's like, well, these other guys are offering the money to sign. So he got me $1,500 as a signing bonus. And I thought I was rich, man. That's like not a, that's a lot of nickel beer and 10 cent wings at hospital. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so, uh, 1500 I got, um, um, and, uh, you know, the rest is history. Speaking of nickel beer, ten-cent Wings,
2: you obviously later took over this establishment, but it used to be Monterey's. Yeah. Uh, uh, how about uh, maybe how different it was uh, maybe for you guys as players to, to get away a little bit? Because I remember a couple times I'd see you and Lavernius go over there and just go upstairs and ha- have yeah. your private time kind of away from it. Where – we don't live in a day and age back then of where people got our phones or right. uh, uh, cameras snapping mm-hmm. shots or trying to get video of you.
1: Yeah, they didn't have they didn't have social media really back then when I played, which is a good thing. I don't know how I would dealt with that. <laughs> but um, yeah, you really you really can't do anything these days and people not knowing about it. Yeah. And once you, it's out there, it's there forever. So I'm I'm kind of glad they didn't have camera phones when I was playing.
2: Speaking of Coles, was he also one of your favorite teammates?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, Ferrari's a great friend, great teammate. I know he's coming to the game this week. Can't yeah. wait to see him. Another guy, just a tough guy, strong, and uh, you know, kind of like a brotherhood with those guys.
0: What a – dang, I just had a question in my head. No. Oh, you ever go back to Hofstra? No,
1: just, not anymore. It's over. Once I got rid of football. Yeah, uh, how much did that hurt? That hurt because it wasn't expected. I mean, they could have talked to the alumni or the former players and could have raised the money somehow to save the program but it wasn't that much money but you know they they just didn't want it anymore and you know it's a shame because we had built it into a pretty good one double a program but um they did what they had to do and you know i cut i cut ties with them you know the day they did that
2: how many years has it been it's been probably what a decade it's probably close to it yeah Yeah, I I thought of you immediately, obviously. There are other guys who played there, but uh, over the years and things like that, when you heard that Hoster disbanding the football program, it was like, wow.
1: Yeah, so what are you going to do? We had great great times there, but it's a shame it doesn't continue, but maybe one day, you know, it'll come back. What was your
2: favorite uh, Parcells story? I mean, you were a guy who would always put his head down. Yeah. When you had to speak, you spoke.
1: Yeah. Uh, you got firm
2: opinions, but you no. Know, what was he like for you?
1: Um, It was great because I was a massive Giants fan growing up, and I always wanted to Gatorade Bill Parcells. <laughs> I saw Harry Carson doing it. But he's like the great Wayne Corbett. I know you. I know everything about you. I know all the cops and the judges in Burden County because we're from the same area. He said, Corbett, if you don't listen to me, Your career is going downhill faster (laughs) than a dump truck with a cement parachute. (laughs) That's what he said to me, and I was like, wow, that's pretty harsh. But uh, he made you play hard for him. He he hit all the right buttons. And, um, again, like I said, if we would have had him more years than he was here, I I definitely could have seen a Super Bowl or two.
0: I feel like everyone that I've heard tell a parcel story always says what you just said. He knew exactly what button to press for what guy at the right time just to get under their skin enough to like really fire them out. I feel like that's a that's a skill almost. It's yeah. like a rare skill to be able to push. Someone you still keep in
2: contact with him?
1: I've seen him like up at Saratoga at the racetrack. And you know. now, how evolved are you place, still with the, the horses? Uh, not as much as I used to be. Yeah? Just don't have time for it. But um, had some good times. I was looking for something after I retired. To right. get my 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 blood going, and you know when you got a horse coming down the stretch and he's gaining and kind of gets your heart pumping and uh you know small little. Uh, Do you still own a few? No, I don't own them anymore. No, no, I owned for like 15 years. Right. but um, you know, give me give me a little rush. Do you still get charged up? Will you watch some of these races nowadays? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I'll go to start otb and, and bet on something, <laughs> but uh i don't know it was just something a phase that I, I went through for like for a while and uh enjoyed it but onto to new stuff you know
0: and then before we wrap up here just what are you up to now then if no horses still looking for that rush <laughs> yeah
1: my kids that's I'm living mm-hmm. vicariously through them my uh middle son just started playing football last year so i enjoy that all my kids play sports got one looking at college you know it's Kind of keeps me consumed, but, um, you know, working for the Jets Yeah, that's awesome. for a while now, doing stuff like this, helping out with sponsorships and suite sales and all that stuff. So, you know, I was in finance for 10 years, and I got out of that, and I wish I did sooner because I'm enjoying my, you oh, know, really? being back working with you guys. Was
2: the finance world cutthroat?
1: Yeah, it's cutthroat. Yeah. Uh, you know, just... You know,
2: You're nothing against any of the companies to work with. Just as far as the oh, yeah. industry
1: itself, yeah, yeah. Yeah, everybody's out to get everybody else's clients, and right. like just I don't know, just wasn't for me anymore. And you know how I mean?
2: how much do you enjoy that part of it? that You said working with us now, but uh, you know, I, I know there are a lot of dads who are probably my age right now who are looking at their kids and saying, "This guy." This guy was something else. Uh, what does that mean to you when people tell the stories of, of? you? Because you're a guy who used to go to Giant Stadium, sit there in the stands with your dad, and now still to this day you go to MetLife Stadium and look around the crowd.
1: A lot of '80s out there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My little guy when we go, he's counting how many '80 jerseys he sees. But they, you know, my kids were three and one when I retired. So they didn't get a chance to like experience it. And my eight year old that's that's the great thing about YouTube. You know, and the internet, they can see all the things I ever did and they got a chance to go on the field when I got in the ring of honor. But um it's nice to be remembered. It lets me know that I did it right, that, you know, their parents are still talking about me. So, um, you know, hopefully I have that the rest of my life because I cherish it.
2: Oh, you will. What what do you think about this guy right now? The Jets went out in the offseason. I don't want to talk about this year in terms of record or anything like that. Slot position because Greens is always bringing up The Godfather. Let's talk about
1: Crowder. Do yeah. you like him? I, I like him a lot. Um I like what he did when he was in Washington and um you know he's continued to do that. And you could see when they've made him the focus of the offense in some some of those games that he could really produce. And um you know, he's not just a quick guy. He's fast. He can go deep too. But yeah. um, hopefully they continue to use him, and you know, I'm happy to have him in green and white.
2: And I know you like that number because he's wearing 82 right now. Number 80, I don't think
1: it's going to be worn anytime soon. Uh, by yeah, I don't. I don't, you know, I don't know what they're going to do with it, <laughs> but uh, I don't. Oh, I, I think it's safe. <laughs> they kind of messed up. They can't give it away now. It's been so long. <laughs> you know, people, people say, "Do you think they'll retire number?" And I say, "I don't know. Probably not, but." There's a couple other numbers that should be retired before me if it does happen, but if they ever give me that call that I'm getting retired, then it'd be probably one of the best days of my life.
0: All right. Well, we'll be looking forward to that day. And thanks for coming on the official Jets podcast. Yeah, we got to have him
2: on again. He is a Jet boy. Yeah, fair enough.
0: <laughs> Powered by Amazon Web Services in the BetMGM Casino Studio. You can rate us, review us, YouTube, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Merry Christmas to you. And your Merry Christmas, Christmas. Guys, yes. And... Again, thanks for coming on.
1: Nice.